And now for our weekly wrap-up of global politics with Dr. Stephen Hoadley, Associate Professor of Politics and International Relations at the University of Auckland, the Faculty of Arts. And uh, this morning, Dr. Stephen, uh, we kick off with the US elections. Uh, Biden seems to have won. Uh, but uh, can he get to work now solving America's many problems, uh, uh, the first one being uh, current president not wanting to concede defeat. Well, welcome to the greatest show on earth, Brian. This is absolutely correct. Uh, Biden wants to get to work. He's actually named a task force to tackle the coronavirus. He's recommended that people begin to wear masks and take proper precautions, like New Zealand has done with considerable success. But he is blocked by this recalcitrant president, And that president is being backed by Republican senators and representatives and, of course, his base, the 70 million people who voted for him in the election. Well, it gets worse because uh, Biden has to set up a transition team. There's no doubt that he has won the election. He will be the next president on the 20th of January. Meanwhile, he has to set up a transition team. That team has to be vetted for security. It has to be funded. People have to travel around and meet and, and, and decide who will be the principal officers of the new administration. And Trump's uh, General Services Administration has refused to fund them. The General Services Administration, a Trump appointee, has said, Well, the election is not settled. Uh, No money is going to come to the Biden team until it is. And Trump is going to take it through the courts. His attorney general is going to investigate for fraud. Uh, Nobody's found any evidence, but it's going to delay the process. And meanwhile, urgent business is, is, is not being done in Washington by the new team that has a lot of work to do to gear up to tackle America's many problems. Meanwhile, Trump is firing some good people. He's fired the head of the defense uh, department. He is about to fire the head of the FBI and the head of the CIA. These are all honest people who are trying to give uh, good advice to the president. He doesn't like their advice, so it's the simplest thing. You're fired. Well, we're going to talk more about this from week to week, Brian, but uh, we'll keep our eye on this greatest show on earth. Uh, now, we've discussed uh, previously ceasefires uh, negotiated in Libya, Kashmir, Afghanistan, and the eastern Mediterranean. Uh, but now a new conflict has uh, flared up. Tell us more about it, Dr. Stephen. Yes, uh, in, in Ethiopia, we don't hear a great deal about Ethiopia, but it is the Africa's second most populous country. Uh, it's a country uh, that has uh, been war-torn over the years, had a conflict with Eritrea that borders on the Red Sea, uh, which is now an independent country. And apparently what's happened there is that a particular ethnic group, the Tigray people, uh, have become have quite uh, stout fighters, and they uh, fought on Ethiopia's side against the, uh, uh, the uh, Eritreans. They ha- occupy a province in the northwest of the country, and they were the kingmakers. They were the dominant faction, the dominant uh, ethnic group, although only 6% of the population, but very politically and militarily influential. Well, they've become estranged from the government in Addis Ababa, the Ethiopian government, uh, which is run by 
a different ethnic group, uh, the, the uh, Oromo people. So it, in some respects, this is a kind of inter-ethnic fight or inter-provincial fight uh, between two groups uh, for influence in Ethiopia. Well, it's turned nasty. The casualties are estimated over 500. There's bombing. Uh, the Ethiopian government is using Air Force planes to bomb the Tigray uh, um, arsenals and strong points, and it looks like it's going to get worse. The only thing I can say, Brian, that is good about this is that foreign powers have not become involved. Like all the other conflicts that you've mentioned, outside powers are involved, overlaying the conflict and maybe making it more intensive, certainly better armed. Hopefully, this will remain inside Ethiopia. It'll be a matter for the UN and other mediating uh, uh, people to go in and try to bring some ceasefire to it. And let's hope that outside powers don't take sides and make it worse. But uh, we'll, we'll, keep, uh, we'll keep your listeners up to date on this uh, as we speak week to week, Brian. Mm. Uh, to Europe now, Dr. Stephen, recently France suffered uh, several terrorist attacks. Uh, why is the Macron government's countermeasures being controversial? Well, France is the most uh, rigorous of countries to separate church and state. Uh, you can't wear religious uh, items in, in French uh, public uh, facilities like universities and public places. And uh, this has antagonized the Muslim population, which makes up almost 10% of the French population. These are people who've come from North Africa. France was a colonial power there, a, a fairly brutal one, uh, one quite cruel and, until they achieved their independence. They came to France uh, in search of a better life, but they have been socially marginalized. They live in what are called ghettos or uh, outlying banlieues or settled uh, areas uh, in, the in the suburbs that are depressed economically with high unemployment. And this is where a lot of the Islamic radicalism comes from. Countries around the world, uh, in this latest episode, when this uh, satirical magazine, uh, Charlie Hebdo, published uh, disrespectful cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad, have erupted in demonstrations against uh, France. So France around the world in every Muslim country uh, has uh, suffered a decline in, pop in popularity. There's talk of boycotting French products, and consequently, uh, the, the French government is under some pressure. Well, the President Macron, he's not going to budge. Free speech uh, is, is the most important principle. And he's also undertaken very drastic counter-terrorism measures, surveillance, uh, the idea of expelling people who are suspect, a uh, lot of police work and so forth. So it looks like uh, the French are coming into a period of confrontation with their Islamic uh, uh, residents. Uh, and uh, the, the situation seems to be getting worse before it will get better. Uh, to New Zealand now, the New Zealand Prime Minister is named uh, Nanaya Mahuta as the new uh, Foreign Minister. Uh, can you talk to me please, Dr. Stephen, uh, on uh, strengths that she brings to the new role, uh, who she'll have to help her on trade, defence and disarmament issues, and in terms of uh, assistance in the uh, Pacific Island region, Pacific Island issues? Well, Nanaya Mahuta is a, a, a surprise appointment, but um, after people uh, uh, had a look at her, they're beginning to think she's very good for the position. 
She's a quiet worker. She's a problem solver. She's a consensus builder. She, she has a good track record over many years in Parliament of, uh, of getting things done. Uh, and as well, uh, a lot of people think that unlike uh, Winston Peters, she's very different uh, in gender, in uh, ethnicity, in presentation, that uh, she will be very good for New Zealand because she stands out as a symbol of New Zealand's multicultural, multiracial a cosmopolitan uh, a, a composition of population. She represents, of course, Maori, represents women, represents people of color, uh, represents a, a number of new things, and uh, there is uh, every expectation that she's going to, to uh, make a good impression abroad and, and that uh, she'll get a lot of serious work done. She has a lot of help. You look around at the team, the foreign affairs team. There's Damien O'Connor, uh, who, who does trade. There's uh, Pini Hanare, uh, I, I claim him as one of my former students, Minister of Defense. Uh, there's Phil Twyford, who does uh, disarmament and trade uh, as well. But then uh, the key person, from uh, our point of view, Brian, uh, is, uh, uh, is uh, Opito William Seo. Now, uh, uh, William Seo is Minister for Pacific People, Associate Minister of Foreign Affairs, uh, he's also uh, Minister for Health of Pacific Peoples, and he will become the person who will look mostly at help uh, Mrs. Mahuta um, in the Pacific uh, area. So there's a strong team there. There are 700 professionals in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Uh, there's Chris Seed, who heads up the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And it, uh, I, so um, the new foreign minister will have all the help that she needs. And, of course, uh, her leader, uh, Jacinda Ardern, is in some respects nominally uh, the, the, the chief diplomat of the country. She's got the profile. Uh, she's got the policies. And she and Mrs. Mahuta obviously are going to work well together because it was Jacinda Ardern who chose uh, Nanaya Mahuta to be the prime minister. Obviously, uh, there's a, a, a relationship of trust and cooperation there. So I'm optimistic that uh, this is going to be a good thing for New Zealand. It's unusual, but unusually good. And uh, just briefly, an update on the nickel mine uh, issue in New Caledonia, please, Dr. Stephen. Well, the uh, Canucks are not happy with the negotiations. Uh, now, nickel is uh, an important uh, product mined in New Caledonia. It's one of the world's largest producers and exporters of nickel ore. The, it employs something like uh, 10 to 20 percent of the population. That is, uh, the workers in the mines are, are very uh, dependent on those jobs. And the, the question now is, who is going to own the nickel mine? Uh, vale uh, it, it wants to sell uh, the the um, nickel plant. Uh, the Canex have one consortium in mind that they want to buy, but that consortium has not offered enough money. And, and now Vale is talking to another uh, consortium. Uh, and then, to make things worse, it uh, they have the owners of the mine who threatened to close down the mine if they don't get the bid that they want. Well, this is a uh, um, surprising in the fact that uh, the price of nickel is going up as the world as the world gradually recovers from the coronavirus. Uh, the demand for raw materials and, and, and minerals, particularly from China and other developing countries, is going up. Uh, the future uh, looks uh, you know moderately bright if that nickel mine can stay open, if everybody can keep at work 
and if the new ownership can restructure in a profitable way. Well, the last act, the most recent act, Brian, is that the Canucks have actually blocked the road and they're going to block access to the mine for the next four months while these negotiations take place to try to pressure uh, the current owner uh, to sell to the preferred uh, new, <clears throat> new owner. So we'll have to see how that works. Uh, it uh, hopefully will not descend into violence, but there is definitely a serious confrontation going on in New Caledonia, which we should keep our eye on as we talk from week to week, Brian. Dr. Stephen Hoadley, Associate Professor of Politics and International Relations at the University of Auckland's Faculty of Arts uh, for our weekly update on global politics. Always a pleasure to speak with you, Dr. Stephen. Thank you so much for your time this morning and have a great week. Thank you. Thank you, Brian.